This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, five, victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network, and he is also... A very proud LSU Tiger after they win the College World Series, not long after winning the women's basketball title, not long after winning the college football championship. Uh, Brian brought us, uh, it must be a great day and another great week to be an LSU Tiger and your stupid school continuing to dominate all the sports. Yeah, I even told my son, who goes to your proud alma mater, the University of Texas, I said, see, you could have been like, you could have gone to LSU and been really, really good at sports. You know, you could have been that guy, but you chose to go to Texas and get in their top five business school in the country. And you know what? Uh, I'm sure you're having regrets about that right now as uh, we celebrate another championship at LSU. But no, Bobby, uh, very proud. Uh, to be an LSU alum. And uh, so, you know, there's uh, we're always in the news, good and bad. You know, we've had Les Miles news come up. We've had other things come up that, you know, it's uh, not always been proud about our, our athletic program. But what the ladies have done and what the baseball team has done, that, that baseball team had pressure all year. They yeah. were the number one team in the country up until basically – the last weekend of the college baseball season. And, you know, uh, Wake Forest had been outstanding all year in the ACC, and uh, they carried it. Uh, LSU carried that, and, you know, they were down a couple different times in elimination games in that tournament and found ways to win. So a credit to them, credit to the program. And, uh, you know, credit to you for bringing it up. So thank you very much. Yeah, there you go. You you get your LSU love a little bit there. Uh, and LSU very well uh, here in the next, uh, I don't know, about two weeks or so. They very well could have the top two picks in Major League Baseball's draft 
with Dylan Cruz and uh, Paul Skeens, the the dominant pitcher. As long as Paul Skeens' arm hasn't fallen off from the uh, 1,500 pitches LSU had him throw over the last you know three weeks or whatever it was. Uh, but we're not here to talk about the LSU Tigers or college baseball or anything else. I could, I could actually talk about could. LSU all, all day. day. Yeah. All yeah. day. You could talk about their, their rowing team, I'm sure, or whatever yeah. else. I don't even know that they have Our a Our sand team. volleyball team's getting it together. Trust me I, on this. I, I bet they're about to dominate that too because LSU, uh, you know, that's what they do. They, they win titles. They, they don't produce, uh, you know, top scholars. They, they scholars? don't produce top tier yeah. uh, employees for the workforce, but by God, they're going to win these college titles. All right, Brian. So uh, <laughs> we're doing our roster inventory. We're continuing that today. And now we are looking at the defensive line. We finished the offensive yeah. side of the ball. We're taking a look at the defensive line. Currently on the roster, Brian, there are 15 defensive linemen. And it's interesting the way you break this out. I am not including Micah Parsons into the defensive line group. He's a hybrid pass rusher, but he's not with the D-line group like that. Uh, So here is what we're looking at. On defensive ends, we've got Dorrance Armstrong, Dante Fowler, Darrell Johnson, the undrafted free agent rookie, Demarcus Lawrence, Tyrus Wheat, Sam Williams, and then recently they signed the uh, TCU edge rusher, former mid-round pick, uh, Ben Banigou. And then on the interior of the defensive line, they have Isaac Alarcone, who is making the shift to the defensive line. Quinton Bohanna, Neville Gallimore, Jonathan Hankins, Oso Digizua, uh, Mozzie Smith. And then they've got their hybrid end tackle type of players in Chauncey Golston and Junior Fajoko. So when you look at this defensive line group, they, they could carry, I suppose, as few as eight. Uh, they've carried in the past as many as 11. I doubt they would do that, especially with Micah Parsons kind of uh, doubling as an edge rusher and uh, DeMarvian Overshone being a guy who can rush the passer a little bit. So I would guess at most they would keep 10. So we're looking at 8 to 10 players here, Brian. Right off the jump, when you just hear of the defensive line group, what do you think of the depth this team has currently and uh, the general outlook for uh, you know their positions for one technique, three technique, the edge rushers, everything? I think they've gotten a lot better here, Bob. And I think to me that you know, with the addition, we've talked about a bunch about Mozzie Smith and what he potentially could be. Uh, you know, getting back Jonathan Hankins, I think, is a big, big uh, get for them. Uh, the fact that they've also found a way, uh, they had Dorrance Armstrong last year on the rise, what he was able to do at right end. The fact that Sam Williams is going to compete with him for that spot. I think that Sam Williams could very well take that spot at right defensive end. You know, you had the reliability of, of of Tank Lawrence there at left end, you know, that's always going to come into question. So you have to have the ability to have some guys that can kind of fill in when guys get banged up a little bit. I would like to think that uh, Chauncey Golston, if you ask me in uh, the 1st of July, like we're talking about right now, uh, who would be a player that could take that next step? I think Chauncey Golston would be a guy that I, I would like to to bring to the stage. Uh, I like what they've thought about with him. I don't think he's as good on the edge. I think they've seen that. Um, they feel like that him playing inside, he plays the run so well. He's not an explosive guy off the edge. So playing him inside at the three or that under tackle is I think the perfect spot for him, and we'll see with with Osa Odigizua. I think he's gotten better every time he's gone out there. 
This is a position, Bobby, that uh, or a position group with the defensive line that I feel like that if I was an opponent or I was somebody that was following the Dallas Cowboys on the pro side, if I was I was a pro director for the Buccaneers or for the Rams or for the Chargers or something like that, I would be following the Dallas Cowboys just for the fact to look at it, their defensive linemen. Yeah. I think they've got a really good group of guys, and maybe they're going to have to put one or two guys on the street or they become surplus. That's a team, if I have surplus, maybe I have a surplus in backs. you know. And so that's what I would do. That would be a team I would definitely follow with the Cowboys. So as we take a look at the position group and we break it down a little bit, let's just start with the pure edge rushers. They have seven of them right now. Uh, we mentioned them there. Dorrance Armstrong, Dante Fowler, Demarcus Lawrence, Sam Williams, Darrell Johnson, Tyrus Wheat, and Ben Banigou. I, I think Banigou's a, a depth guy that's just been added here to compete during camp. Uh, Tyrus Wheat, the undrafted free agent from Mississippi State, uh, you know, could be a practice squad candidate. I, I don't know that he'd break out necessarily and make the roster. Darrell Johnson from Liberty is a guy I think they do like, and I think they they believe has some upside, but I still think he's got an uphill climb here just because of how crowded the defensive line field is going to be. So when we look at the edge rushers, are the only guys we're, we're really confident about, like, hey, that's a slam dunk that they're on this roster, is those top four, Dorrance Armstrong, Dante Fowler, DeMarcus Sorensen, and Sam Williams? Yeah, I think that I think that the the what you mentioned, you know, with uh, I think Tyrus Wheat is kind of an under the radar guy when you watch him play. Oh, and I watched him play at at uh, at Mississippi State. I, I yeah. think that maybe he doesn't fit a lot of people's eye because he's like a six two guy, two sixty, um, very similar, you know, to. You know what you might have. Uh, you know maybe he's an inside guy uh, more so than an outside guy. But you watch him at Mississippi State. You know he was a guy that was in my, you know my top two hundred uh, that I had. Uh, you know a late round type of guy. I think they did a really good job of of addressing you know some guys that if if in fact their practice squad could be a pretty good group of of the young developmental type defensive edges. Yeah. And so maybe that'll allow them if they want to move on, or I've mentioned that surplus thing, you know, if you need to move one of your guys, well, if you've got two young guys that practice squad potential, it's a little bit easier to move others as, so you can say, okay, we've got these guys. We feel good about them. Uh, we can move this guy because we'll have this guy on the practice squad or these two guys in order to in order to to make up for making a move or making a trade. You do not want to put offense or defensive linemen on the street. You just don't right. want to because they're hard positions to find. And the Cowboys actually had a couple of spots there at the offensive and defensive line. They might have a little bit of some surplus that other teams would would welcome. And if you can convince you know, you say, hey, listen, we're the Rams, we've got running backs, or or we're the commanders, we've got running backs. Uh, you know, we could you could move one of the your players to them and they could send you that back, depending on how because there's a couple of positions that we've talked about. Running back, linebacker, 
two spots right there that the Cowboys don't have really good depth at or or well known depth at to 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 be honest. Yeah, no, I I think that that's a good way to describe it. And when you look at the the edge rushers, I think they do like them. We'll talk about Isaiah Land from Florida A and M as a guy in the linebacker group, but that's another guy who who's sort of a hybrid edge rusher that I think they think highly of. Um, so I do think they believe they've got a couple of good you know, projects here that they could stash on the practice squad, or maybe they feel like, Hey, look, we, we don't necessarily, you know, if somebody's coming along quicker than they thought, then maybe they go, Oh, okay. Maybe Dante Fowler's expendable. Maybe we've got a, a trade partner here for that. Or, yeah. or, on the, or on the defensive line, the interior of the defensive line, maybe they go, look, we may have to cut one of Bohanna or Gallimore. Maybe somebody wants to take a gamble yeah. on Gallimore. If they had him yeah. as a third round graded player a couple of years ago on the interior of the defensive line, uh, you've got Jonathan Hankins, Osa Odigizua, Mozzie Smith, Isaac Alarcon, Quentin Bohanna, Neville Gallimore. Again, I think the only slam dunks there, there you got three of them. Hankins, Odigizua, Mozzie Smith. Those are your slam dunks. The guys who are there gonna be some there are gonna be some questions about are Alarcon, Bohanna, and Gallimore. I think Alarcon's got a real uphill fight, obviously, but they yeah. they like him enough that they've they've tried to work it out to keep him around here in any capacity they can. Well, yeah, and and just to kind of briefly talk about Alicone and where he fits, he's going to legitimately he's run out of his exemptions for being uh, a you know a international player. Yep. So if he makes your team, uh, it it's going to have to be one of the fifty three. If you put him on the practice squad, he's going to have to be one of those guys. So as Brian has a coughing fit here. But he's unmuting, and he'll he'll continue to weigh in here. There you go, Brian. Well, I'm just struggling here. All of a sudden, I I don't cough all day, and then all of a sudden, I get on the show and I start coughing. I bring it out of people routinely. That's soon yeah, as, routinely. You're, you're not the first person to say oh. as soon as I I I have to talk to Bobby, I feel sick. So that that's not unusual at all. Yeah, I was I was trying to say. God, I hate when I did. I apologize to everybody out there. Um, I went out walking today. It's like a hundred degrees outside. And so when you walk, you kind of gets kind of makes you a little bit of crazy. But anyway, uh, you know, with Alicone, I was talking about his situation where he is going to have to make the roster on the 53 or be one of the 16 of the practice squad that they have, uh, or that number. I don't, I, I think they kept the number the same, but you know, but the reason why you would keep him because he is a legitimately a good practice squad player because yeah. he could play offensive line on the scout team. And then when they flip over to the other side, he could go play defensive line. So that's having a legitimate practice squad player, whether you like the development or, or uh, not. I mean, we'll see. But, uh, you know, he's, he's gotten better every year. Uh, there's been some games where preseason games – where others who have had more experience have played in games and been a lot worse than him. Yeah. You know, so anyway, we'll see how Dan Quinn is excited about having him as a guy that they could work with. And, you know, if that's, that's all you need right there. Yeah. And I think when you look at the, the hybrid guys, Chauncey Golston, Junior Fajoko, uh, I think both of those guys are, are clearly on Fajoko being their, their top pick on day three, Golston being a guy that used a top 100 pick on in recent years and that they think has flexibility to do some different things. Uh, Fajoko's a guy who, during you know uh, OTAs and minicamp, was 
was standing up from two point stance to rush, stance to rush. He was doing some, you know, three point stance stuff off the edge. He was doing some three technique. So they were using him in a number of different ways. I think when we look at the guys that are for sure on this roster and you go down the list and you go Armstrong, Fowler, Lawrence, Williams, Hankins, Odigizua, Smith, Golston, Fajoko, that's nine right there, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so what's left is Darrell Johnson, Tyus Wheat, Ben Banigou, Isaac Alarcone, Quentin Bohanna, and Neville Gallimore. Does this, is this really, do you think, as we enter training camp, just a question of do you want to carry just nine? And in which case, that looks to be pretty set. Or if you're carrying 10, does this just come down to who's staying, Quentin Bohanna or Neville Gallimore? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And that's where I mentioned about the surplus. But I think to me personally, Bobby, I carry 10 offensive linemen and 10 defensive linemen. I just do it. I just go ahead and, you know, determine who the, the top guys are on that group. They probably are not going to be, but there are some positions that you can go lighter at that you don't. I mean, this team has a fascination with carrying wide receivers. Yep. You know, they like when it last year, they carried like seven of them going in, and you're like, and basically one of the receivers, Dennis Houston, I believe he cost you uh, the kid that ended up with the, with the commanders. Later, uh, in the, later in the year, he did. Yeah, Not at the but, initial 53, but Right, yes. but, but that's what I'm saying. Their fascination with carrying these wide receivers, uh, you know, are it hurt them for getting like a legitimate, you know, a guy that they identified, Ridgeway, they identified him, they drafted him where they did, and the fact that they thought that Dennis Houston could help him, that could help the team more than him, yeah, I, that, that just blows my mind. It absolutely, I mean, I... I'll find a wide receiver. I can't find defensive linemen. You you get me in week three, week four, week six of the NFL season, and I have to go get a defensive tackle or edge, you know, and I'm trying to get them off practice squads or poach and all that. Yeah. It no, give me the ten that I could carry the whole year and I'll 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 protect myself, you know, whether that's offense or defensive line. I can't find those guys during the year. And the Cowboys, they got bit in the butt because of, you know, carrying Dennis Houston, uh, you know, trying to get him on the act, keep him on the active list or, you know, and, and unfortunately they lost him in Ridgeway. Ridgeway's going to be a pretty decent player for the, uh, for the commanders. He already yeah, is. I mean, he already, you know, looked like he was making, that should be the lesson, Bobby. That should be the lesson. That should be the lesson right there. If some, if they start talking about jacking with the numbers, and okay, and, and again, the surplus questions, if the surplus helps us get another player, like yeah. a running back or a linebacker or somebody like that, then let's go. But if it's just to say, oh, we got to carry all these receivers and we, you know, no, no, that somebody in the pro department should stand up and say, remember what happened last year when we did this with Ridgeway? And how sick we were when we were playing against him, you know. That yeah. that should be the message that that uh, somebody in the front office speaks up and says. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast, the Love of the Stars and Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, guys, uh, I got to tell you really quick uh, before we go on to anything else about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I've, I've been telling you guys about them for several weeks now. Brian and I both have. Uh, we love seeing you guys send us those photos on social media of you guys hanging out out there, uh, enjoying a cold beer, enjoying some wings or a burger or whatever else. Uh, it warms our heart, and I know it warms Boomer Jack's heart. Uh, we're glad that you guys are enjoying it as much as we do. I keep telling you guys specifically about Tuesdays and Wednesdays because Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they've got great deals the rest of the week as well. Drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, and it is the coldest beer anywhere around. And it, it's just the perfect spot for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for, you know, a happy hour spot for you and your coworkers. Boomer Jacks is perfect for that. If you're looking for a nice dinner spot for the family somewhere to unwind, it's a great spot too. My kids love the tableside s'mores that they bring out there. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, Boomer Jacks, man, wall-to-wall TVs. And I mean that literally. The TVs fill up the walls at Boomer Jacks. You are going to be so glad you went there. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That is boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, so as we uh, continue to look at where things stand with this roster, one of the things we can evaluate as we go through this roster inventory is some of these free agent names that continue to be out there on the street. Uh, maybe some of the the chatter that you're hearing about these guys or your thought on if this is a position where you would be interested in maybe taking a look at a street free agent. So we're going to take a look at some of the best available remaining uh, free agents. This is something that... Uh, was written by Greg Rosenthal recently over at NFL.com. And uh, while a couple of these guys have been snatched up since, there is still some availability here. And I guess we'll start off with the one that has probably had the most chatter about him in recent weeks. Uh, and as somebody who has apparently got several offers on the table, it uh, doesn't sound like Dallas is involved in that, uh, but that's Dalvin Cook. And I know we've yeah. talked about him a little bit here. He's 28 years old. He's, you know, according to Tom Pelissero at the NFL Network, in line to still get significant money, uh, even on the open market here in June, late June, maybe beginning in July before that, before he signs. Um, but Dalvin Cook as an option here in Dallas, and given where the running back room stands for the Cowboys, uh, would you be in favor of kicking the tires on Dalvin Cook, or do you think, hey, that's probably out of their price range? They've already got ten million, eleven million committed to Tony Pollard. Uh, they're probably best just rolling with what they have. I feel like to me that Dalvin Cook is clearly, clearly worth my time. I do. I, I just don't feel like that. To me, it it was. You know, I've dealt with my guys with the uh, 
the Gang of Seven, you know, that I like to talk about on the radio. Uh, I, I mean, my question to them is always, uh, Cook still have anything left? And I, I get answers like this, like, all the time. Yeah, he really does. And, and it's like, well, in what way? And he'll say he could still run. He could still align inside and out. Veteran feel, savvy in coverage, tough, competitive. You know, those, I mean, you have questions. We'll see what happens at running back. We'll see what happens, you know, with, with the Cowboys, with Rico Dowdle and, you know, and, 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 the, and others, you know, there. I mean, I, I, I want to believe that, that they've kind of figured some things out. But to me, that, that's a wait and see right there. If, you, if, if Dalvin Cook, you have the opportunity to get Dalvin Cook, and the, the caveat is, oh, well, what's it going to cost? And I get it. I get it. But Dalvin Cook, to me, would be, that's the ultimate insurance policy right now. You know, I, I think Tony Pollard is going to be fine. But to a man, when I talk to my gang of seven, that's the one guy. They, they don't all agree on DeAndre Hopkins. You know, they all feel yeah. like DeAndre Hopkins is, doesn't want to practice, doesn't want to do this, doesn't want to do that. But with, with Dalvin Cook, everything about him is super positive. And, you know, I, I, would, hate, I would hate for this season to, to be really in the balance if it comes down. Well, we'll see with Malik Davis. You know, you and I have talked about him a bunch. Yeah. You know, why wasn't he used in the playoff game? We've talked about that a bunch. You know, uh, you know, people like, wow, you're super being super critical. Well, I'm just telling you what people in the organization are telling me about him, you know. So it looks like he's got a new lease on life, if you want to say, you know, new running back coach, new opportunity, new coordinator. You know, we'll see if Malik Davis could come in here and, and be the guy that we think he can be. You know, Rico Dowdle, he's got to stay healthy. So, yeah, I, if you gave me an opportunity to kick the tires on Dalvin Cook, I'd at least make him say no. You know, I, I'd, I'd at least, you know, well, hey, we tried. He didn't want, you know, he didn't want to, he didn't want to be here. And yeah. I'm like, okay with that. That's fine. You know, that's another okay. name that's been kicked around a lot. And Dalvin Cook, I, I just didn't, not that you're saying he will, obviously. That's somebody to be in favor of. But obviously, Dalvin Cook is going to end up somewhere other than Dallas. Uh, it's just, it's, uh, you know, I think the money, the amount of money that he's going to want and what they're already paying Pollard and the opportunities he's probably going to have out there that Miami's apparently pursuing really aggressively yeah. and some of those things. Dalvin Cook, I would guess, is not going to be a cowboy. You think you can write no. that one off. Uh, but yeah. the other big skill position player that people have been asking about this whole time, and I'm curious if after watching any of these workouts, seeing how Michael Gallup's moving, seeing how Jalen Tolbert looks, um, which we, we, are going to get a better idea of a camp, but just the little bit that you've seen so far, is there anything that makes you say, Hey, you know what? Uh, why don't we go out there and, and maybe see what's going on with DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah. That, you know, that, that was the one that when I talked to mention, when I mentioned gang of seven guys and, you know, and I, I talked to some gals on the gang of seven too, that watch tape and things like mm -hmm. that, you know? So I, I, you know, when you ask about Hopkins, you know, and I go, this is always, this is my question. I'm just being honest. I'm giving you the, my question to my gang of seven. Is there something on the inside about Hopkins that's keeping him from getting signed? 
That's my question to the gang of seven. And my one guy said this. He goes, there's always a story. Rather not get into details of issues, but know it has to be something. Mm. Either money, character, or both. So, you know, you're like, okay, you know, that's that that makes that makes, you know, perfect sense to me. That was that was one guy who runs a team, general manager kind of guy, you know. Um uh, another guy, let me just I, I I'm sorry I'm not totally prepared to I got all these on uh my text no, message. I got all these on my text messages and you know, I just asked these people about it. I said uh I said uh, same question. Is there something, here's another team. Is there something on the inside about Hopkins that's keeping him from getting signed? Price, age, durability, separation, declining athlete. Isn't a bad guy, but seems to be on the edge of stuff. Mm. Okay. So it's, it sounds like he's... It's, uh, it's, it's, that's, that's, there's like, that's just two examples of four other texts that I got. Right. Same thing. It's the same thing. You know, and these... The, the word is that this guy doesn't want to practice, which is so surprising to me that New England is even interested in him. Yeah. You know, because the way that Belichick is big about availability, I mean, he, he comes from that Parcells tree of things. You know, availability, being there on practice, being, you know. we The Cowboys you, dealt with that. You, the Cowboys you know dealt what, with that with, uh, with Amari Cooper a little bit. Do you know right? what kind of a practice player uh, – I know you were a big fan of him as a player, but do you know what kind of a practice player Randy Moss was? Man, I know. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think. I think Randy Moss was one of those guys that showed up in practice. I never heard. I never heard Randy Moss being mentioned as a guy that didn't want to go out there. And I was just practice. trying to think of examples here of you know it maybe well it's Amari just Cooper, Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper's of it's about okay, it's about availability. Sure, you know it's about, but it sounds like to me that Dalvin Cook's more about. More about just not wanting to do. Excuse me, not Dalvin Cook. Uh, uh, DeAndre the, Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. It's more about him just not wanting to do it, and it begs the old line uh, or of uh, the old Allen Allen Iverson line about practice. But You're talking about practice, yeah. The guy, the guy is a gamer. There's no doubt about it. But they also went through that with Amari Cooper. You remember that well. And whether yeah. it was Amari Cooper was available, I mean, it was. Hell, he he. That one game they're trying to win in Philadelphia, they're down in the red zone, and he's not even on the field. And everybody's going, "Why are you not on the field?" And he's like, "Well, I don't know. It's a coach's decision." Well, the coaches are probably thinking, "Well, we worked on goal line packages, and you weren't a part of this, so we're trying to do something that you're not a you haven't been a part of." And so that goes back to the availability questions. I think DeAndre Hopkins is a hell of a football player, but man, when you got five different teams now i kind of understand i know it's only five of you know of 32 but when you get five play five front office guys and gals saying the same thing it matters it matters it matters they all are saying the same thing and that might be coming out of you know cleveland might end up with this guy cleveland might end up with this guy just because uh, you know, we'll see what, you know, their quarterback there, you know, I mean, he might push, you know, hey, you know, it'd be nice to have a guy back. They had some really good success together. We'll see. And one more name for you here before we go on to our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag, uh, Brian. Yannick Ngakwe 
is a really interesting name because the production at the position and, and how it's valued across the league, it's pretty stunning that the guy is on what he's already played for five NFL teams in, in seven seasons now. Um, And in each one of his seven seasons, despite bouncing around five different teams, Jacksonville, uh, a year split between Minnesota and Baltimore, the Raiders, the Colts last year, every single one of his seven seasons, he's picked up at least eight sacks. And so when you see a guy who is that productive at such a, a critical position is still under 30 is 28 years old this season. Uh, and, but has, has bounced around like he has, mm-hmm. um, it, it obviously gives you a little bit of pause, but, uh, what would you think about Ngakwe? Do you just feel like, I mean, I think Ngakwe could come in and immediately be a, a really good pass rusher for this team better than probably a lot of the guys they have, but yeah. do you think there's enough depth on this Cowboys team that it's like, ah, let's not deal with a guy who's, who's clearly got a problem finding any stability anywhere man that that is that is one of those that i need to go back today to the gang of seven and ask why why and you brought up a great point the guy has been productive everywhere he's been but there's something clearly that's not connecting with the teams that he's with you know he doesn't seem to get to stay anywhere for any length of time and I wonder why that is I you know maybe there's you know there like like I say there's there's always something to the story I just feel like with the Cowboys they will probably say listen we've got Sam Williams you know we've got Armstrong we've got there they'll they will give you four or five names that they would rather take a crack at right now than Ngakwe. So I I don't have a great answer for that one, but man, that's one of those times when you mention it or frame it the way you just framed it, there's got to be a little bit more to the story there. Well, and one of the aspects to let's we'll we have a lot of Dallas area listeners who listen to us on 105 through the van, so they'll understand this analogy, but you know, the Christian Wood question in Dallas was always, man, he's got such yeah. great ability. What, what's right. the issue? Is it just a malcontent thing? But then it was also like, well, he doesn't play any defense at all, literally. Yeah. And and there is one aspect of Yannick Ngakwe's game. He's very productive as a pass rusher. It, maybe it is just as simple as, and I don't know, maybe you'll find this out when we talk to the Gang of Seven. Uh, it may be as simple as, he is an awful run defender. Yannick Ngakwe mm-hmm. gives you nothing on run defense. And so it may just be that people go, yeah, it's great that he picks up eight sacks, but if he's getting gashed and, you know, not you know, keeping the edge and run defense. We're giving up 15 yards a pop every time we go to that side of the field. It doesn't do us much good. Uh, but it's at least an interesting name. I want to watch. There are a few others out there that uh, maybe the Cowboys start poking around on some of these remaining names as they get into training camp. They've done that a couple times in recent years. They went after, got Malik Hooker after camp started, Anthony Barr. So they have made these sorts of deals before once they get into camp. So certainly uh, something worth I, watching. I promise you the next time that we get together, we'll have this discussion and I'll have an answer for you on that uh, for the for the Love of the Star broadcast. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys. Uh, I got to tell you really quick uh, before we go on to anything else about our wonderful partner here at Love of the Star. It is 
Boomer Jacks. I've, I've been telling you guys about them for several weeks now. Brian and I both have. Uh, we love seeing you guys send us those photos on social media of you guys hanging out out there, uh, enjoying a cold beer, enjoying some wings or a burger or whatever else. Uh, it warms our heart, and I know it warms Boomer Jack's heart. Uh, we're glad that you guys are enjoying it as much as we do. I keep telling you guys specifically about Tuesdays and Wednesdays because Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they've got great deals the rest of the week as well. Drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, and it is the coldest beer anywhere around. And it, it's just the perfect spot for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for, you know, a happy hour spot for you and your coworkers, Boomer Jacks is perfect for that. If you're looking for a nice dinner spot for the family somewhere to unwind, it's a great spot too. My kids love the tableside s'mores that they bring out there. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, Boomer Jacks, man, wall-to-wall TVs. And I mean that literally. The TVs fill up the walls at Boomer Jacks. You are going to be so glad you went there. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That is boomerjacks.com. All right, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. This is where we turn things over to our dear sweet listeners uh, for their questions. Let them tee us up and uh, find out what they want to discuss. And uh, before we jump into the mailbag, I do need to make mention uh, July 4th. From 8 a.m. to noon, uh, whether you're in the Dallas area and can listen on 105 through the fan or you're outside the Dallas area and you just want to follow along with us on YouTube, uh, Brian and I will be uh, teaming up as the Love of the Star tandem on 105 through the fan to host from 8 a.m. to noon on July 4th. That'll be a live show. It's not going to be all Cowboys, but it will be mainly Cowboys is what we'll be talking that day. Uh, so if you guys want to jump on with us, you can either find us locally on 105 through the, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, or uh, you can just go to YouTube or Twitch, find the 105 through The Fan page, subscribe to it, and you'll get an alert on uh, July 4th and can uh, hang out with us for four hours that day. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, Bobby, that if I didn't have to work, that uh, that I would be listening to uh, on Sirius Satellite Radio. They have like the top one thousand songs of nineteen of the seventies. Oh, so I was thinking that maybe, but now that I have to work, hey, come out and listen to us. You know, listen to us talk a little little football. Maybe get you ready for some other things. Maybe we'll have a little barbecue talk maybe a little fishing talk maybe fireworks talk you know i mean hey there's all kinds of things going on zero zero lsu talk we'll zero lsu talk i won't talk about lsu promise you i won't talk about lsu we'll be like we'll be four days out from the mlb draft we might have to talk about lsu oh yeah and hey i'll have some uh, you know what i've got some scout but i got a gang of i actually got a gang of two gang of two in major league i got a gang of two in major league baseball yeah yeah Get that's getting it too. So we'll 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 have all the insights for you on July fourth. You guys want to keep up with us? That's eight a.m. to noon central. All right, Brian. Let's jump into some of these questions. First one uh, from Vach Lombardi. Oh, I love him. my man Vach. Love guy. him. Love Vach, him. Vach says if Matt Willetsko has a ridiculously this is a good, good question, camp, and he looks like a starter. Do you leave Tyler at left guard, your future left tackle, uh, or save money on steel, future right tackle? Uh, this is a very interesting question. I'm, it I'm is. curious how you tackle it, Brian. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. I I was, as people who've listened to me a long time now, well, at least a year, uh, I've, I was really, really wrong about Terrence Steele. I think Terrence Steele needs to be here. I think Terrence Steele needs to be in the lineup, but... I, as a former personnel guy, I could see exactly why Vach asked this question because yeah. if it's a if it's a deal where you're paying you're paying Steele this year on the tender, 
what is it like four and a half million dollars on that yeah, tender? I'll look it up right Some, now. somewhere right around there. Okay, if you're looking for a long term deal, which he probably is, and he's going to probably continue to play at a high level, you can't. Uh, 4.3 million this okay, year. Okay, there you go. So 4.3 million on that tender. You, you could be in a situation like, well, who's more important to paying? Is it more important paying the tackle? Can we get a deal done with the center? Can we, you know, what's going on at left, left guard? So, you know, Stephen Jones has talked about you can't draft them all and you can't pay them all, you know, kind of a situation. If, if Matt Willetsko shows that he's got the similar trajectory, and, and let's be honest, I mean, when Zach Martin missed having Terrence Steele next to him in the second half of that yeah. season, he really, really did. Down, you know, Tyron Smith, you know, did the best he could, but they weren't the same group without him being over there. So, I, from a from a front office standpoint, if well, let's go shows me that he can handle the job and can work with the guards and can be productive in the running game and can set up and pass protection and all those things, boy, I am sure looking at that. If that saves me some big-time money you know, going forward, I'm going to look at it. But, man, you have to be walking on water if you're Matt Willetsko because I think the world now of Terrence Steele. Dead ball's wrong about him, but you know what? You know, he's a guy that's proven his worth. But it might come down to they need that money. They can't afford to give him ten, eleven, twelve million dollars to be a right tackle. They might that might not be something that they can they can stomach right now. Next question here kind of expands on. Did I answer that the right oh, way? No, you think? I, yeah. I, I think you, you did. You feel the same way? Do you feel like uh, I do? Uh, there is some, there is part of me that says, look, if you were to just move, if you find that he's good, and part of this question would also have to do with, do we find that well, let's go is better at one specific side? Like, yeah. just just because he's good at right tackle, like Terrence Steele has shown he's good at right tackle, left tackle, he's not as good, right? you find that maybe that's the case with well let's go so you may not even have a choice to say well we can move smith inside and put well let's go yeah. left tackle it may not be an option um i i i think that well let's go is somebody that the cowboys believe has starter potential i think I, they I, do too i i think they do too and the fact that he was able to, you know if they i feel like they he, got he that shoulder that shoulder situation that subluxation they yeah. had that problem and i think they got that thing tightened up he so a, if he is a tremendous foot athlete for his size. No question. It's ridiculous yeah. the way that that guy moves for his size. That's one of the reasons I think they do like trying, yeah. well, let's go out inside a guard because he has the ability to get up right. at the second level with that size. Right. So I don't know. Maybe he's a, maybe he's viewed as a Zach Martin replacement. Maybe it's, nope, we got our tackle, Steele and, and Tyler. And no, this yeah. is future right guard. That may be what it is. Uh, but here's a question from Brandon Laurie. And I think that it kind of expands on that. The offensive line could look completely different in 2024. Here's the worst case scenario for you, Brian. Biotish and Steele walk in free agency. Tyron Smith and Zach Martin retire. Then Tyler Smith is the only one left next year. That's mm. not that's a worst case scenario, but that's not the most impossible scenario. There's a there's a series of events that could lead to that being the case. So with that in mind, how important is the development this season for well, let's go ball? Farniak and Richards. Okay, this is where I, I I did talk to Will McClay about Awesome Richards 
I, I mean, I point blank. I, I said, listen, you, I think you stole one here. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen them draft mid-round uh, offensive linemen, usually from a directional school or something like that, yeah. that just hasn't really panned out like it needs to pan out. But they might have actually hit the fact that you watch Awesome Richards play against Clemson, Notre Dame, Florida State, Miami. You see like a real player there. They, they'll tell you he just needs to get stronger. The, again, the athletic ability with him, I, I, think they, I think they stole one. I really do. So that gives me hope. Uh, the Farniak thing, honestly, I think if something happened with Tyron Smith that – Okay, you kick Tyler Smith to left tackle, and now who's the starting left guard? It's Matt Farniak, you know? So maybe that's some way of kind of keeping him in the mix. Maybe Matt Farniak is your center, you know, when uh, if, if everything in this uh, kind of this doomsday offensive line scenario. Sure. So I, I, I'm not as high on ball. I'm just not. I just – I felt like – I mean, with the with well, let's go. He misses like the majority of training camp. He comes back like the last game, and he looks in the last preseason game. He's out there playing. He looks better than he looks better than Ball, and he didn't and he didn't do anything really all training camp except you know they threw him in there at the end to have to play. So I, I, I'd like to I'll admit if I'm wrong on Ball like I was Steele. I just don't I'm. If you had to power rank him, of the guys you talked about, he would be the last guy on my list. I just don't, I just don't trust him right now. I, I don't, and that would be one that I think I could maybe be better, find better, you know, that kind of thing. You know, you, you, what about a guy like T.J. Bass? You know, I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe they, maybe one of these guys that we're not talking about so much that they got, you know, as a undrafted free agent could be a guy like all of a sudden in camp it's like wow this guy's got you know tj bash should have probably been drafted from oregon he wasn't so i i that's kind of my hope that somebody like that kind of shows up but my trust level with ball is is minimal right now when you look at specifically Farniak, I think one of the things that's important to remember is even if they never view him as a starter, which I don't know that they they don't, they may feel like he can be somebody who would eventually start. I think that they feel like in a pinch he could play anywhere. He could, he could play. He could play any of the five spots. I think they feel that same way about Awesome Richards. Yeah. And so the idea being that even if they don't view those guys ever as being full time starters, those are two guys who could hang around for a very long time just based off of that. Um, as being guys who have the ability to cover anything that they need um, and play either side, snap the ball, whatever they got to do. Those are very rare traits, and I think they really believe in Farniak and Awesome Richards as guys who can do that. Uh, Next question here, you know what? It is his mailbag, so why don't we ask a question from Dean Julia is asking, what is a good upside player comp for Damone Clark, like a player he can grow into being? Now, I know I just thrust this on you, Brian, so I'm not going to – I'll give you a sec to think about it. I'm going to throw out my name first. Go ahead. So the high upside projection for me on Damone Clark, because I've thought this for a a little bit now, is the guy that I would hope he could eventually become this guy, Demario Davis. That's the guy that I would like to imagine he could become on the high upside. Uh, The the longtime Saints and uh, Jets linebacker and a guy who I think physically is, is very similar 
plays with a, a real intensity and and violence and and has you know really uh, fantastic speed uh, to to run down some of these guys sideline to sideline. Um, I, I think that on the the high upside, you would say if Damone Clark could become Demario Davis, you'd be very happy with that, and it's it's certainly within the realm of possibility. But does anybody stand out for you, Brian, as a good player comp for Damone Clark? Could he be another LSU guy? Which one? Brady James. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, could he be that? That uh, you know, could he be like? A physical point of attack player, rundown guy, you know, plays a little bit of some coverage, maybe not the best at it, but good enough, has a nose for the ball, you know, always kind of in the pile guy. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of feel like that if you're talking about cowboy comparisons, that he would be a guy, because I, I, I see like Brady had great physical toughness. I think Clark. I think Clark has got toughness. I think he just needs to learn what he needs, to, how to play the scheme, where he needs to be. You know, maybe that you'll get a little bit more awareness. But I, I kind of like the the physical makeup of him and how he's able to play at the point of attack. So I would compare him to maybe the high end would be Brady James. Well, and I think that so I think that's a good comp. Um, the, physically, they're they're similar. Um, they play with a lot of physicality. I would actually say Demon Clark's probably a better athlete than Brady James. Yeah, was. probably so, that's, so. That's a benefit there because Brady was generally kept inside, right? Uh, I, I feel like because of some of the athletic limitations, so he wasn't going to be as much of a like a run and chase will. Demon Clark can play. I think inside or, or play off ball if he needs yeah, to. Yeah, I was just thinking about the size but, and the I physicality think, at the point no, of attack. Yeah. I do think it's I think it's a great comment. I think Brady was probably where Brady has Damone Clark beat right now is I think Brady was a uh, a high IQ linebacker. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah. so that you get some trade offs there, but in general I don't think that that's a, a bad comp at all. I think that that one makes a lot of sense. All right, that does it for us here today on The Love of the Star. As we mentioned, uh, keep an eye out for July 4th. You can join us over at 105 Through the Fan. Uh, If you're in Dallas, you can turn us on your radio. If you're outside of Dallas, you can catch us on YouTube or Twitch. Just go find 105 Through the Fan and subscribe there. But Brian and I will be with you live 8 a.m. to noon on 105 Through the Fan on July 4th. Uh, And we'll be back with another episode for you guys here shortly. For Brian Broadus, I'm Bobby Belt. We will talk to you guys later.